live on AsylumFantasySports.com, Blog Talk Radio, on the road today. It's the Asylum Football Inside Slant. Yes, indeed. We are Fligger and Briggs live from the plush penthouse studio. <laughs> we just, uh, we're moving all over. I mean, oh, we are uh, moving up, man. Literally. Literally up. I don't know. Up. Not figuratively <laughs> up, but uh, literally, literally we are up. Give us a call. 646-478-4679. Get your questions in. We got a ton of them in the mailbag, Rick. And uh, I tell you what, we already got a game going on in progress right now. I believe Buffalo's up 3 nothing over Jacksonville in London, England. Still ticks me off. I have no patience for this game. I do have it on in the background here. I'm going to do my best to ignore it. Two terrible teams. Did you hear two teams or one team is expected to play two games in that awful city next year? So good luck to that. I can't wait till they actually move the Jaguars there. It's coming. It's well, coming. It's going to happen. The problem is, you know, actually I was, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. You know, this, this pressing to get to London. Can you imagine being the team based in London and you have to fly to Oakland Right. San Diego, right, or, or even Chicago, something like that to play. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. Well, and, and what it's almost going to, have to be logistically, Rick, it's almost going to have to be where they're going to play eight weeks straight on the road. I would think, and then eight weeks of teams traveling into London, so it's a great disadvantage or advantage. I don't even know what it would be, but logistically, it can't be this every week nonsense flying back and forth. No, you wouldn't London. think. I mean, they certainly couldn't. I mean, could you imagine playing on a, a Sunday and then they schedule them on a Thursday night in Oakland or right. something like? I mean, that's it. It, it can't be done. So it, it, ridiculous. It, it won't be done. And I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the LA business. I guess San Diego has officially applied to move this uh, LA. I didn't know you could just apply for it, but and Chargers me, are gone. Now, that's a shame to me. Yeah, San Diego, St. I mean, Louis. I don't Yes, I don't care so much about that. Uh, well, that's one thing it does irritate me. They had the Rams and the Raiders. Right. Couldn't keep either one of them. And that's we got to get two teams. St. Louis there. couldn't keep the Cardinals. They go to Arizona, and now the Rams want to go back to L.A. Right. Who didn't want to start with? Right. And, I mean, and now they think there's going to be a market for two teams. Yeah. What, where's this thinking coming? I, I have no because L.A. is big, but the but problem is there's it, better it, things to do. It, well, yeah, but, you know, San Diego loves the Chargers. Right. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's all money for the owners in the NFL. We all know that. It, it's not for the people in Los no, Angeles. No, no. I mean, because if you're caring about the people in Los Angeles, why don't you care about the people in San Diego yeah, or St. Louis or whoever the case may be? And let, we can rant for hours yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, we, we, uh, we got real work to do here on a Sunday morning. We'll save this for Wednesday. Before we move on, as I said on the road, I don't know what the, the, the sound quality sounds like. We are literally in the attic of a barn at Mr. Briggs' new business, Wellington J. Briggs III. Now, I have on fairly good authority, Rick, that we have at least four, at least a total of four local listeners. We tend to be a national show. So take yourself 30 seconds, plug the business here, get those four cheapskates out here and spend them a little bit of money. That's right. Harris, beautiful Harrisville, PA, Rosemary Lane. Stop in. We will uh, take care of you with her. I mean, anywhere from gifts to, to food, we got it. So, uh, you know, get your bus out here. Absolutely. So come in Rosemary Lane in Harrisville, PA. 
and I, as I said, we are in the attic of a barn. So I feel at home. This is this is how I grew up. I've gotten a little uh, poofy in my old age. How about but, you uh, in the root cellar? Well, I wasn't allowed out very often. <laughs> You're like Carl. <laughs> right. Bling, bling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it, Rick. Uh, big thing. I think Big Ben has officially been ruled out. Landry Jones going to make a go this week for the Steelers. What do you make of that? Everybody's all worked up here in Pittsburgh. Look, it's got to be a step up for Mike Vick, but what is what we saw in the fourth quarter against Arizona last week? Is that a little bit of fool's gold? Obviously, Landry Jones isn't anybody we're talking about from a fantasy perspective, but we got to talk about Le'Veon Bell as well. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. But Antonio Brown, Martavis Brighton, and Heath Miller, is this a step up for them? More of the same? Where, where are we going with our stealing? We got a lot of questions in our mail. Oh, and I, I think it's a step up, definitely. I, look, I, was, I have not been a Landon Jones believer. You know that. It's because he stinks. But the thing that I've seen with Landry Jones just in a short time in that game, um, little things that Mike Vick wasn't doing. Throwing the ball beyond well, the line of scrimmage like that? that well, actually, <laughs> inaccurately. Well, okay. But actually, um, the, the one play that really stands out in my mind, it was like third and three. And he lined up, and they came basically with an all-out blitz. First thing he did is he recognized, you know, the veteran, Heath Miller, took the three steps, turned around, bam, hit him for a first down. Right. You know, catching a price. Mike Vick wasn't doing it. Keith Miller had no catches. None. With, with one Mike for Vick. one yard against Baltimore was the only catch yeah. he had with Mike, Mike Vick. Mike Vick was not using – he either was looking downfield to throw right. or to run. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, he was doing nothing else. He was not recognizing coverages. He was not recognizing blitzes. At least I think this is a step in the right direction with Landry Jones picking up some of this stuff. And maybe it's just – the familiarity from being there for a few years and, and and watching what Ben does and so forth and not being, let's face it, you know, a prima donna from years past. Right. That That's still trying to outrun people with his legs. He can't do it anymore. No, and Landry Jones stayed within his game. Mike Vick doesn't really have a game anymore. It, it really, he just, it's just not there. Yeah. So, so here's the takeaway for me. Most people, I finally started last week recommending maybe sitting Antonio Brown. If you had anybody you could trust for, for four or five catches on your bench, which not a lot of us do, is, as we seem to all be playing in leagues with three receivers and a flex. So we have that. Now, I don't expect big things from Antonio Brown. What I expect is you got the young quarterback trying to please the superstar veteran, and you saw the moment Landry Jones stepped into that game, they made a big deal uh, Fox every time they were on the sideline. Antonio Brown in his ear. So I think he's going to get opportunities, which is that's what he didn't have with Michael Vick. Michael right. Vick wasn't even looking his way. No. Temper your expectations. Oh, yeah. Look, here's the bottom line. Landry Jones come in, two great plays. Now, I understand Arizona's a great defense with a great secondary. When we're talking mid-fourth quarter in a game that's kind of getting away from them, what they had prepared for the entire week went away. Was Michael Vick throwing the ball laterally, nothing but running the ball. And Landry Jones, he stinks. Let, let's be completely honest. Landry Jones is terrible, but he took him by surprise. It changed the dynamic of the offense, and they got those two plays. I think Landry going to have him a long day today. Your first start, you stink, 
and you're an arrowhead against what's still a pretty good defense. Look, that offense is very uninspiring in Kansas City, but they can play some defense down there. Now. At times. Uh, yeah, so, they, I, you can't do it sometime. Hopefully right. not today for our sake. But, no, I agree. You know, Kansas City is a rough place to play. But, you know, I, I think it's I think it's still Landry Jones, no matter what you say about him, I still think he gives him the best chance to win. Right, and, and you're going to have opportunities. I never thought I'd say that in right. my life. You're going to have opportunities for Antonio Brown. That's what changes. you got to keep him in the lineup. Martavis Bryant, this is what Martavis Bryant does. Right, exactly. And it, I agree with you. you know, Martavis Bryant is – He's a beast. Right. I mean, he so, is. I expect big things for him, and I'm actually all over him in daily leagues. I think he's the receiver, a young quarterback, can just flip the ball up to and let him make a play. What I do like about uh, the Martavis Bryant and your comments on Antonio Brown, after seeing the two touchdowns of Martavis Bryant, you know, they roll some tougher coverage on him, which creates more opportunities for Antonio Brown. Right. And if he Marcus gets the ball Wheaton, in space, you know, well, maybe on Bell. Don't bring up just, Marcus Wheat. Oh, I know. But, I mean, you know, he was the guy, basically the only recipient of Mike right. Vick passing yards. That's true. So, I think the bottom line is I honestly believe the Steelers' offense is going to struggle, but it's going to resemble an NFL offense a little more than it has the last couple of weeks. And I think you got to play your start. I think Martavis Bryant's an absolute go. Antonio Brown, you can't risk sitting him down mm-hmm. and Le'Veon Bell right. even being completely keyed on. I think that was the most impressive 20-some-odd carries for 88 yards I'd ever seen in my life last week against Arizona because they walked into Heinz Field and said, come on, Mike Vick, beat us. Yeah. Because we're putting nine in the box and Le'Veon Bell ain't going anywhere. And he still managed to put up 80. Exactly. I will be curious what I took away from last week as a Le'Veon Bell owner. What bothered me, not one target, not one pass target, even with all that lateral BS they were doing with Mike Vick. Right. Hopefully we see them get back to that a little bit this week and Le'Veon Bell's right back where he belongs. Uh, Adrian Peterson been questionable this weekend. They say he's sick. Looks like all the reports are he is going to give it a go. Ah, these days they pump them up full IVs. I don't have any worry about it. They didn't say yeah. what it was. I mean, he got himself a case of the slides or something. I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Yeah, they don't really elaborate. It could have been a cold. It could have right. been food poisoning. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Uh, Antonio Gates, diagnosed with a sprained MCL, still questionable today. It's a 405 game, Rick. So that's, uh, you know, you got Antonio Gates in your lineup. Now you got a little bit of a conundrum here right. if you don't have a backup on your lineup um, playing at four or after because, uh, you know, it's you want him in there. Yeah. And if he's going to go, you want him in and there. He generally gives it a go. He generally gives it a go. Right. At 35 years old, MCL, you know, you you kind of like to have him for the long haul. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Just monitor him. Here's and, the question, because the big thing is him playing at 4 o'clock. There's not a lot of other options out there. Unfortunately, with him missing that time, everybody owns owns green at this point, so he's not a guy you can run out and pick up right. if you don't already have him. My thought is if Antonio Gates was going to be out, we would know that by now. Now he may be limited with what with what Green can do, and you may see Gates is more on, on third and shorts where where he thrives, and certainly down around the goal line. Is that part of Antonio Gates good enough to justify waiting it out and not plugging in some zero? I don't even know who you could pick up. Let's throw out Heath Miller. Right. 
are you going to pick up Heath Miller and play him with the risk that Gates is a full go, or are you going to take the risk on Antonio Gates as the goal line tight end? Because I've seen him do that in the past. I think I'm still going to roll Gates there because he's oh, still yeah. got an opportunity for two touchdowns. In that scenario, certainly. I mean, in our leg of consequence, we were talking before we went on air. My only option in my mind, you know, in, in our leg was, yeah, I want – I want to wait until four o'clock to see if he's going. If not, I went out and picked up Crockett Gilmore. Right, some plays on Monday night. The only other option really that was out there in our leg. But yeah, I agree. I'm not going to pick up a Heath Miller or someone like that that's on the waiver wire um, in hopes that Gates doesn't play. Right. Because that's you don't want that. You want him to play. So all I'm doing is I got an insurance policy in case he doesn't. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably a wise move. You can pick up anybody that, that could gather your points. I unless I've got a Barnage or, or somebody who oh, I yeah. know can put up big numbers sitting on my bench, I'll play them at one o'clock. If Antonio Gates is my guy, I'm gonna roll the dice. And if they switch say, him in a flex. Right. And if they <laughs> if say he does if they say he he's gonna he's a go, then I'm gonna play him. I think he's gonna be limited but he is such a goal line threat. All right, Rick, it is time. We have a call on the line. Looks like it's our boy, Jersey. Let let me hit it here, see if everything's working. Jersey, good morning. Hey, brother, good morning. How you doing? Hey, quick question, man. I'm going against Junior, so if I lose, I lose. I'm 5-1. and one. He's 3-3. Three and three. He needs to think better than me. Anyhow, here's my dilemma, guys. Nah, put the <laughs> boots to him, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, I always kick his butt, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> I figured once in a while, I got to be nice. So, he got me a... Is good old FOP gold family card, so I guess I own one. Um, a quick question. It looks like Lewis is out this week, Deion Lewis with the abdomen thing. Um, you know, I got Le'Veon Bell and I got Foster in her. Now, I have Mari Cooper and Benjamin starting, and I picked up Trayvon Austin because I have Sammy Watkins hurt, and I got Devontae Adams on a bye. I have Jeremy Hill, but he's on a bye. In a PPR leg, and I'm thinking about this and making a change. I just got the more aching for Trayvon Austin, but – Theo Riddick is available, and I, you know, and I would have to drop probably Tavon Austin, which is fine because I think Riddick down the road may pay better dividends for me as a as a flex back. Lewis is down because I can't trust Hill. I don't want to drop Jeremy Hill because there may be a week until I need him versus let's say Tavon Austin with my receivers. What do you think of that? Dropping Tavon Austin in the PPL like for Theo Riddick, and then then I'll have you know I'll have Watkins, Adams, Cooper, and Benjamin. You know, out of those four, I would play two. And then my running backs, I'm safe with uh, Bell, Foster, um, Lewis. And I got Hill, and I'll have Riddick. Because week nine, I'll lose Foster, and I'll lose Riddick. So I'll still have Sam Hill, uh, or Hill I can play. What do you think of that deal, taking Riddick and dropping uh, Austin? Well, you know, I, I don't mind it, quite frankly. Uh, you know, I, I'm like you, you know, theoretic, I don't know if you're in a keeper league or whatever, but you know, the thing about theoretic, he's got 33 catches on the year. I mean, which already puts him ahead of Austin. So, and, and he'll get a couple of rushing yards. I don't mind that at all, quite frankly. I mean, I think it's probably a good move considering he's a running back in, you know, it, it just strengthens your core a little bit. Look, you're probably not going to be starting Austin once you guys get off by and injury and all this stuff right. anyway. So, uh, right. yeah, I think that's a pretty good move. I'd, I'd go with Riddick. He's not a not a bad guy to have on your bench. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with that, Jersey. Now, Austin, Austin's a guy that intrigues me, and he's going to drive you nuts. He's one of those real high-risk, real high-reward guys. He's got a nose for the end zone. They seem to be, be working him in more and more. Although I wonder if the, the success of Todd Gurley knocks him back a little bit. Riddick's just a nice, safe, conservative play. But I think the key for you is all that depth you have at receiver – Assuming we get Sammy Watkins back, now that you got Cooper back, you really don't have room for table on Austin. So yeah, for right. that, yeah, Benjamin. definitely. Yeah. I got Benjamin and I got Adam Taylor Jr.'s team. Here's, here's what we're doing here. Junior has, uh, hey, in his top leg, he's two and four, man. He's nasty. He's averaging 185 points. He is scary. I don't think he'll lose a game when he got Gurley back, he got Gage back, you know, and he got Foster. So he's on a roll. I mean, he's got he's got Gurley, Foster, Beckham, Hopkins, Landry, Barnage. Gates, <laughs> he loaded. Now, who should he? Right. Here's the thing with, with Junior. Hey, I got the boys on the phone just walking down, putting his laundry in, and he just walked up. Hey, well, we got Barnage in now because of Gates is a game time decision. Gates is a four o'clock game, and um, Barnage is a one o'clock. What do you think of that? And also, what we did is I took Deion Lewis out for him, and I put Martavius Bryant in as his flex. Um, which are, he also has Riddick too that he could use as a flex, but. Gates, we don't know if he's playing at 4 o'clock. What do you think about Barnage and for Gates as a tight end? And then Bryant is his um, flex. We took out Deion Lewis, but we do have Reddick. Keep you early. Yeah, we, you know, we talked about that uh, for, for quite a bit. Uh, you might have been on hold or, or trying to wake Junior up or something. But anyway, we, we were talking about uh, Antonio Gates. And He's one of those guys that you really want in your lineup. And like I was talking about in our league of consequence, our main league, I didn't really have an option. So I have him in my lineup, but I had to go out and pick up like a Crockett Gilmore who plays on Monday night just in case. See, in in Junior's case with Barnage, I think Barnage is going to put up big enough numbers that I think it's okay, go ahead and put him in there. He's a safe play. Hell, he might have more points and gates anyway, you know, just straight up. But I, I think Barnage is a great play, and, and then that way you really don't have to worry, oh, geez, is Antonio going to play or not? I, I just throw Barnage in if it was me. And, and do, you, yeah. do, you guys also, do you guys also like uh, Bryant as his flex player instead of Rick? Because like, Yeah, yeah, yeah no no. No question about it, especially with, with these young quarterbacks with, with the Steelers, with, with Landry Jones this week. He is their bailout plan. He's just that, just he's just a physical freak as tall and as quick as he is. He's going to get his. I think that Steelers offense struggles, but Martavis, you know, I don't expect a buck 30 and two touchdowns on two catches again, but they're going to find ways to get him the ball. The only problem with Riddick, and they're working him more and more and more in as they have so many problems there. But he kind of shares that rule with Abdullah, and it cuts into his work just enough that I think Martavis Bryant is going to get his chances this week. So, yeah, I think that's a solid, solid flex in, in a PPR. I appreciate it, man. I'll tell Junior that's the way to go. That's what he's got in there now. Like you said, for a 4 o'clock game, you know, i got to go up on it, like you said. And, you know, Martavis Brown does scare me a little bit. He did blow up last week, yeah, but you have that Landry Jones in. But, you know, he, he just wants to keep winning his top league, man, because it's uh, competitive. You know what I mean? So just wants to make sure he puts a strong team. I really appreciate you guys. The info you've helped me over the years and continually from week to week, me and Junior appreciate it. Best of luck to you guys this week in uh, your league. Thanks for your voice, guys. Enjoy, have, have a good Sunday. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot, Jersey. Good to hear you.
me get I really appreciate the call. Okay, let's get All in the right, chat room here. How about uh, real, uh, Alan Robinson back in the end zone once again? This, this right. guy's become a fantasy stud, 73 uh, Jacksonville. This guy just keeps getting it done. No, he's, he's been nicked up. It just keeps getting it done. Yeah, Alan Robinson, just a great find for Jacksonville. I mean, you know, I think this team's in the right direction. I, I know I said I even said that last year, and it was an abysmal year. But uh, you know, I think you were on them early. You were on them. Early. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're slowly building in the right direction. Bortles is really starting to come into his own. They got some nice receivers. I think Yeldon is the guy eventually you know, running back, and um, you know, I, I think they are in the right direction. They just, you know, they just have there. They'll probably get the. They'll be kind of like the old Quebec Nordiques. You know, they build into a good team, and as soon as they move to Colorado, they win the cup. Right, you know, but, so uh, uh, we'll have a London Super Bowl. Right. Those, uh, All right, yeah. we got a we'll question from chat room. Standard question. Frank Gore to Marco Murray. Uh, oh, I got to ride the hot hand here with, with Marco Murray. And it's New Orleans at Indianapolis. Right. And it's Philadelphia at Carolina. At Carolina. That, that's the scary part. But what I have seen is after his clamoring in the media, after the media's clamoring and after the, the Philadelphia fans clamoring that DeMarco Murray needs more work, they are force feeding him the ball. Darren Sproles has absolutely disappeared. My boy Ryan Matthews is still getting a little bit of work, but Darren Sproles is gone. The way they are force feeding Murray, he is the hot hand. He's getting the ball down around the goal line. The opportunities are going to be limited. I certainly like the matchup better for Frank Gore. Maybe, and tell me, Rick, I'm going to ask you, am I caught in an old mindset where I think this is going to be, you've got Andrew Luck versus Drew Brees against two really bad secondaries that they're going to be flinging the ball around? How much is Indianapolis going to commit to the run? How much is New Orleans going to? I think we might have some Mark Ingram questions in the mailbag. That game just feels like it maybe maybe it's an old mindset. Feels like they're going to be flinging it all over the yard. I think what it comes down to me, I'm sticking with Demarco Murray because it appears there is now a concerted effort to give him 20 touches in one realm or the other, through the air or running the ball. They're committed to giving him 20 touches every game. It's working, and I like it. Well, I, th- I think we're a little you know a little bit of a misconception you that thinking. You know, especially at the beginning of the year, that both these offenses were, were pretty dynamic. Right. They haven't been so far. But, you know, Indianapolis especially, to me, is much more intact and and can be dynamic as opposed to Billy. I mean, look, Billy, you know, Chip Kelly went around and got rid of the talent on the Philadelphia offense, brought in DeMarco Murray, and he's been very lackluster as well as the offense. That being said, I'm going to slightly agree with you. I think it's going to be very close because, I, you know, in standard, I think Gore is going to have some goal line touches if they get down the red zone. But, you know, DeMarco Murray, he, he's better in a receiving game than Frank Gore. I know it's not PPR, but it's still yardage. Right. And he's had more touchdowns. So I think you go with DeMarco Murray. Yeah, it's just they, they need to be force-feeding him the ball at this point, and, and, and that's a good thing for a fantasy owner. And, and finally, he seems to be going forward. I think they explained to them that even in Philadelphia in the different time zone, you're required to go forward and not seven yards backwards. So so that's good to see, too. It took him a couple of weeks to figure out, but I'm happy to see that. 
All right, we got some more questions in the chat room. We have in a two running back league, I have four running backs on the bench and need to drop one. Oh, so we're going to drop one. We're dropping one from Abdullah, Hillman, Anderson, or David Johnson. Well, Hillman, definitely I'm not dropping out of that bunch. Certainly. I'm not going to drop Hillman. David Johnson, I think I keep him. for depth issues, I think that's uh, at some know, point reasonable telling him to go out again. That's <laughs> yeah. why I keep him around at a couple of leagues. It's only based on that. Yeah. This is a Dula ring. It's a Dula You can easily I make it an argument. Gonna, I was for, just going to say you could make an argument. That for CJ, it's yeah. weird. We were thinking the same thing. You <laughs> can make it for Anderson. But if something happens to Hillman, right. now you have to have him. Abdullah. I mean, Riddick's taking his role, just like we just talked right? about with Jersey. Riddick's exactly. taking over more and more of that role. Joy Bell can't get on the field. Riddick's the number one option there. You're waiting for that big splash play from Abdullah. And they'll right. happen, and you'll be kicking yourself. But and you're going to you have him on your bench anyhow. Yeah, I, 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 it's Abdullah to me. I mean, you don't really like to dump running backs. I understand that in week seven. But if you have to drop one out of those four, I'd drop Abdullah. Yeah, for me, it goes Abdullah. David Johnson's a close second. I'm just yeah. keeping him around, assuming Ellington's right. going to go down. Uh, the this, problem about that is, is Chris Johnson never seems to go down. Right. And and that's always a real negative in, in Johnson in David Johnson's favor as opposed to Chris, because Chris has been getting it done. Right. And, and I think he'll continue to do so. But he's a nice change of pace. But guy who's been rendered sort of obsolete right. with Andre Ellington coming back, but he just can't stay healthy. He's going to get nicked up again. David Johnson's going to get his chances. And look, C.J. Anderson on that list, Rick, is actually the one who should be dropped. This is uh, – we saw what he did in the second half of last season. I don't assume it's going to happen again. But, boy, I'm not going to be the donkey who dropped him right before he went off the way he did the last nine games last season. If I'm carrying that many running backs, I'm going to take the risk on him, and I'm going to let Abdullah go. So it's Abdullah Johnson a close second. Anderson third. I'm going to hold on to Hillman because in a in a bind he he can put you up some numbers. Yeah, he's been over a hundred in the uh, last or two out of the last three weeks. Okay, here's according to our colleague Scott Fish. Here's a ball buster for you two nutcrackers. All right, <laughs> I like it. PPR we have Blunt, Martavis Bryant, Stephon Diggs. Um, Rick's writing, so I'm going a little slow. Mike Evans, Dante Moncrief. The Blunt, Diggs, Evans, Moncrief, I'm missing one. Okay, Blunt, Bryant, Diggs, Evans, Moncrief. Bench one. All right, bench one. Blunt, I'll tell you what, with the news of Deion Lewis being out, that that broke this morning here. Thank you, Jersey, for that one. That's one I was keeping an eye on and I hadn't seen yet. Evans, I'll tell you what, he's risky. He's been disappointing. I'm worried about Jameis Winston. But look back at what he did against Washington last year. He just blew up against Washington last year. And those things tend to have a way. So I like him. Moncrief, I kind of expect a shootout. I could be dead wrong. Like we just talked about on the previous question with the – with the Denver – with the New Orleans-Indianapolis game. So Moncrief's interested. I think you got to play Bryant. I loved what I saw out of Diggs. I loved what I saw out of Diggs when this kid played at Maryland. I saw him play a couple times. Well, here's what I see. I've got 
four sure things and a real, real high upside guy in digs. If my team's that deep, and that's a pretty damn deep team now, especially with Deion Lewis out, give me the four sure things. I'm going to set digs down. And when we get Scott on here, whatever time he comes on, being our roving Minnesota reporter, I, I want to talk a little bit about digs with him. But give me the four sure things. And I do believe, and I think everybody's sitting there slapping their forehead and saying, you monkey. Who, how, at what point has Mike Evans become a sure thing? I think he's a sure thing against this Washington defense. I, I have to disagree. I, to, me, to me, it's Evans. I mean, oh, Rick. He's got 13 catches for the year. I'm sorry. No, he missed two games. Four, yeah, I don't care. 41 yards last week against Jacksonville in a 38-31 game. Okay, he had 32 yards the week before against Carolina in a 37-23 game. That's your biggest risk. And if you're that deep and, and you're getting production from guys like Bryant and Moncrief, you know, in digs, you know, why throw in a question mark? Yeah, the upside's there, but his highest performance so far this year, obviously he missed the first two games. I understand that. He had 101 yards against Houston, 32 and 41. And, in, in, you know, Washington, they're a strange defense. I, I understand that. I mean, the whole team, you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Mike Evans just owned them. Yeah, owned but this them. isn't 2014. It's 2015. I think he's the biggest question mark. And in my <laughs> mind, I'd bench Mike Evans. E.J. Manuel's awesome, man. He just gave up two defensive touchdowns in seven seconds. That's got to be know. something. I know. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty cool. Good job, E.J. Yeah, I mean, he just ran for ten yards as he got some of those points back. So <laughs> if you started EJ Manuel, you're you're heading in, heading in the right direction. That's right. So just relax. You got EJ Manuel starting. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Yeah, yeah, you obviously don't listen to this show or any other show for that. <laughs> yeah. You've got your wife setting your lineup for you. You all caught up in the chat room there after you uh, screamed at me about Mike Evans? I'm sorry, but, uh, you know. We'll save right. it. I want to have a Diggs conversation. We'll save it for when Yeah, Scott we are caught up. Let's all get right. let's, uh, How about let's do a couple starts and sit. There are some this week that I, I am excited about. I am all over. If I can flip my paper, we're sort of limited in space here today. Start of the week, Rick, for me. Of the week, I'm going to go to the running back position, Todd Gurley versus the Browns. I see no reason he doesn't have a buck and a half if they force feed him the ball the way they should, especially being the fact that Cleveland can now move the ball a little bit, winging it just over the line of scrimmage in the general direction of Benjamin, and he's making plays. Rams are going to have to keep playing. Todd Gurley, this Browns run defense is just pathetic, just absolutely pathetic. Make everybody look good. Make Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson as a tandem look good. Todd Gurley coming off back-to-back, buck 30s, I think. I think he just goes completely and absolutely nuts today. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think Gurley is a fantastic start. Mine's a little more off track just because, you know, of injuries and, and bye weeks. I think if you're an Alfred Morris owner, I think maybe this is the week. You get you got uh, Thompson basically out. I mean he's hurt. Matt Jones he's he's probable but he's still banged up. I think Alfred Morris is going to get the lion's share and he's always gotten it done. I you know obviously I don't know what's going on in that camp. They're not all that favorable to Alfred Morris, but he's basically the only healthy back they have. And he's always seemed to perform when he when he gets a lot of carries. And yeah. I, I think he could be a sneaky, decent play today. And as the, in the league of consequence, as I'm sure you know, I picked him up off the waiver wire. Right. I plugged him right in the starting lineup this week. I agree 100%. I think when you take Thompson out, I think Thompson's been the problem. 
Yeah, everybody says it's between Joe, Morris and Jones. I, I don't necessarily see that. Thompson's taking some of the big carries yeah. and the big spots. Being They're so lacking in dynamic players on that offense. He's the closest thing they have to that. So you take Thompson out, I think it opens up a lot of opportunities. And, and the point with Jones still being banged up. At quarterback, Rick will jump up to that. I think this is probably obvious. I think he is an every week start at this point. Did Manuel just throw another interception? Yes, he yes, did. He did. I yeah, love another it. turnover. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Carson Palmer going up against the Rams. Oh, it, it just I my, I want to jump to defense to oh. start Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Here first, folks. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a sneaky start. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What was that again? The quarterback. Uh, Carson yeah. Palmer at the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Is anybody not starting him every week? I'm not sure. It seems like we still get a lot of Carson Palmer questions. But but this Ravens defense is not the Ravens defense of Ray Lewis and T. Sizzle. These guys stink on ice. Yeah. I mean, Carson Palmer, I agree. I mean, he is a must start. And um, I think just about any reasonable league right now, you know, they're just probably not a team – owner out there doesn't have him unless you're, you know, Brady and Palmer or something like that. But, yeah, he is definitely uh, – yeah, i got quarter or computer issues no, here. But, uh, shocker. Yeah, imagine That's about that. as shocking as E.J. Manuel turning the ball over three times in a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so bear with me here, my All computer. Right. Well, I'm going to jump I'm going to jump to my sixth, Rick. Uh, my running receiver start with Martavis Bryant. I think we've talked about him plenty already this morning. My sit of the week, I'm going back to that Monday night game, Justin Forsett taking on your Arizona Cardinals, Rick. While I said I was impressed by what Le'Veon Bell did, they held Le'Veon Bell easily the best running back in the National Football League right now to 88 yards on, on over 20 carries. I think you do the same thing here. You, you put Peterson out on Steve Smith, do your best to contain him, and you just shut down Justin Forsett in that running game. There are no other weapons there in Baltimore. I think they key on Forsett, and I think he struggles mightily. So I'm sitting down, and and it's tough in all these bye weeks and all these injuries. But let's bring a name that keeps coming up this morning, Theo Riddick. I'd start Theo Riddick over Justin Forsett, and I wouldn't even think about it. I agree. I'll tell you what, I'm going with a quarterback start, you know, and and this is a a bye week, an injury sort of thing. Uh, I like Ryan Tannehill. You know, the second coming of Air Coriel. And uh, now what was that score? That was your boy, TJ Yeldon, at uh, over 20 yards. I didn't see where the line of scrimmage was. All right. We've got a three Jacksonville. Good. But helps Mr. Briggs in the league of consequence. Yeah. And that's really what this is all about. That's all it's about. No, I like Ryan Tannehill at home against Houston. Yeah, we talk about this Houston defense. It's not. It's kind of like the old Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, it's not the Houston right. defense that we've come – accustomed to seeing and uh you know with this new coaching situation with uh Miami they opened it up last week albeit against Tennessee but they scored 38 points I think Ryan Tannehill they're going to open him up a little bit decent start if you happen to have of course you know Aaron Rodgers on the bench or something right. you know because of a bye I think he's a good start and it's happened a lot there All right, what time we got we got 10 35 Rick why don't we go through We'll pick some games. Yes, we talked about it a lot. Bye week hell has now officially begun. We've had a lot of bye weeks. This is the first week with some real significant players with the Bears, the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Packers. Some some tough sledding there with the bye weeks. Rick, let's start it out. Well, I had uh, I picked Seattle over San Francisco Wednesday on the Fancy Sports As Network, I, so yeah. uh, good for me there. If that game not screen, make these Thursday night games go away. It, 
Well, in a in an ass kicking, Seattle looked terrible offensively. That, well, it's a too short a turnaround. It's awful football. It's always awful football. Well, the the thing is though, they make the schedule ahead of time, and traditionally you would think, okay, that it's it's the NFC West is arguably the toughest division of football. It's terrible now. I mean, Seattle's not nearly the team people have grown to get used to. San Francisco is abysmal, and they've won two games, believe right. it or not. Arizona got some chinks in that armor. St. Louis still up and coming. They're they're not the toughest division of football no. anymore. And those are the two. I tell you what, I'm not sure if Seattle's there yet, but they're getting close to being third third place in that division. Yeah, I mean, as far as talent wise goes, because St. Louis has made strides. I think Arizona's the best team, and those were the two worst teams playing. Yeah, and they showed that they're not very good. Yeah, and. All the national shows on Friday, every last one of them, the question was, is Seattle back? Is the Seattle defense back? Are they back? No. No, they're not. They stink. Did you see how bad Colin Kaepernick was? Yeah. Well, we got two weeks of the Colin Kaepernick, everybody, and there's so many Colin Kaepernick apologists out there. These guys were just reveling in their glory with, what do you have, over 600 yards, right. five or six touchdowns, and no picks in a couple in those two weeks. It's Baltimore. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Uh, you get up against a true NFL defense. But let's keep moving here. Uh, full disclosure, Rick, I did have written down Buffalo 29, Jacksonville 23. I may, uh, may have swung it. I had taken Buffalo as well. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I did. All right, Rick. Uh, Washington at home taking on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, my Buccaneers. I'll tell you what, I, it's a coin toss to me. And with the problems that uh, they're having on uh, in Tampa Bay, not to mention the problems they have with Washington. I want Washington in a close one, 24-21. Kirk Cousins is just good enough. He's not going to win big games. He's not going to win big road games. But he's good enough. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay defense has looked all right. Jameis Winston is he's bad right now. I think he's going to right. be good. He's shown flashes. But he has a propensity to turn in the ball over. And if you give Kirk Cousins and Alfred Morris and Pierre Garçon, looks like Jordan Reed's going to be back. You give them a short field, they're going to find ways to finish. It's going to be an ugly game. It's not going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I've got Washington 2013. Tennessee at home with with uh, your boy Metzenberg or Mecklenburg or Meckleberger or Dingleberry or whatever his name is. Without Marcus Mariota, I should say, taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it's all Atlanta to me. I mean, I – Tennessee, 38-10 last week against Miami. Atlanta. My Miami Dolphins. Atlanta's coming off a loss. I mean, it's one of those teams you think, okay, you know, can they keep winning? Can they stay undefeated? It could have been a trap game. It's not. They've lost their game. I think Atlanta's all over them. I don't have what I wrote uh, reported on the Fantasy Sports Network show. I think Atlanta's all over them, 38-10. Yeah, I've got, I got 33-20. I'm not real sure how, how they even get to 20. You worried about Julio at all? After two his, or two or three historic weeks. Right. It's kind of cooled off. He's still is six for 90. Well, yeah, but or is he being keyed on so much? Is he not the guy who can oh, – Roddy White's not – Right. He's not the X factor that he used to be a couple of years ago when Julio Jones was healthy. That's the point. So yeah, Roddy White was good for 140 yards or whatever. Well, you know, I'm, I'm always concerned with Julio Jones. I mean, you know, I made the mistake, obviously, you know, in our league of consequence, I took Des Bryant over Julio Jones, had that choice because 
he worries me about injury and Des Bryant because that breaks his foot. But I mean, I'm always worried about Julio Jones from an injury standpoint. Now, and he's cooled down a little bit. You know, I don't know. I, I can't say I'm worried, but I'm not sitting here thinking, okay, well, I got my 30 points from Julio. This right. day, yeah, know? I think that that comfort level is a little bit gone. And I wonder if it is, it was before the Houston game last week. I don't even remember who they played. That's the one the red zone was keying on, sort of right off the top. And they talked about how DeAndre Hopkins, how he's been performing, which he's had now six weeks of what Julio Jones did in three weeks. And he almost seems to have done it quietly until the last week or two before anybody noticed. And whoever the, the color guy was, ex-player, I can't remember who it was, was talking about this is nice, this is good, but we need Cecil Shorts or somebody, Nate Washington, somebody to step up because defenses are going to start figuring this out and start keying on him, and he's not going to get the targets he's been getting, and he just went out and did it again. I believe that is a possibility for any of these guys. You just wonder, is Julio, if you key on him 100%, is he not that guy? Is he not your Des Bryant, your Calvin Johnson? Well, he's not. He's so damn fast. Yeah. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. Your point, I'm not sitting back, feet up, saying, there's my 35 points, let's build around that. that. If that's nervous, then, yeah, I'm a little nervous about Julio. Yeah, I'm not uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. I'm, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm still damn happy to have Julio Jones exactly. in my life. Exactly, and he's healthy and everything like that. No, so, no, I don't think he's a concern. All right, game we've talked a lot about this morning. Colts at home reeling from just that disaster and not the kind of disaster we thought it would be against the Patriots. Taking on Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, i tell you what. Both teams are, wow, they're reeling a little bit. But I think Indianapolis still is a better team. I'm not sure what's going on with New Orleans. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. But uh, I'm going New Orleans, or excuse me, Indianapolis at home. I'll go 37-31. Yeah, I thought a lot about this one, Rick. This was a coin toss game for me. Talk about they're almost the exact same team. They really are. Kind of poor defensively. Two superstar quarterbacks. Now, one on the young side, one aging, but two superstar quarterbacks injured. Right. These teams are just mirrors of each other. So, the only difference I could come up with was, number one, the Colts being home. But at number two, how much did they leave on the field against New England? How bad did they want that game? How fired up were they before all this stupidity on special teams? I'm going to lean the side of a letdown here. it doesn't always pan out in the NFL. Right. It doesn't seem to. But I'm going to go that way. I'm not going to go Saints by a touchdown, 34-20. Yeah, not a bad pick. I mean, yeah, because Drew Brees, dangerous as he is, he's always dangerous in a dome especially. So, uh, you know, that, that could be the upset special of the week. But I, I'm still going to Indianapolis at home. If I was putting my actual money on it, I might lean the Colts. <laughs> but just that's my feeling. I Just mirror images of each other. Right. It's amazing. All right, let's move on. Uh, Lions at home taking on Mr. Spish's uh, Minnesota Vikings. Big big game last week from Detroit. What do we get this week? I think uh, Minnesota wins. Uh, I took Chicago against Detroit because I think Detroit's a bad team. Chicago is a very bad team as well, and they do that to you. They'll let you down as soon as you start believing in it. But I think Minnesota talking about ticking up. They're the second-best team in that division, and their defense – it's much more solid than Chicago. They still have Adrian Peterson. I don't care if you got a cold or the slide, right. as you put it. Why? I'm going Minnesota. I'm going Minnesota 26, Detroit 20. I don't know why, Rick. 
I can't quit Matt Stafford. I can't what quit Calvin Johnson. I can't do it. What is wrong with you? What people? you saw last week is it's in him. It's there. It's, you got to rattle it loose. Maybe last week rattled it loose. What my takeaway from that game was we it's saw like the Chicago defense. You're talking like Colin Kaepernick against Baltimore. I understand. I understand. But I think they found again the old magic where Stafford just throws the ball up blindly and lets Calvin Johnson make a play, which should be the entire which Detroit offense. Believe me. I don't know why, Rick. I got the Lions 26-23, but I'm moving on because I can't justify it. Chiefs at home in Arrowhead, tough place to play, taking on our Pittsburgh Steelers as uh, the uh, the color guy doing the pick game yesterday afternoon, the number 25 pit Panthers are moving up, I believe. But the Pittsburgh Steelers and Landry Jones head to Arrowhead. Yeah, we talked about that on the Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, Landry Jones is playing, you know, Kansas City's going to take him. Look, Kansas City's inflicted their damage on Pittsburgh over the last few years, especially Ben Roethlisberger. I just think somewhere along the line, somehow, with the defensive help and, and Le'Veon Bell and so forth, I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win this game. And uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh in Arrowhead, 24-23. I thought about that. We, we disagree a lot this week, and that's good. We might have to keep track of these. For, I agree with everything you said, and there seems to be a magic there where the Steelers just keep finding a way. And I almost have to wonder, Rick, Outside of New England, when you look and you look at this AFC, when Ben Roethlisberger comes back, name a team that can beat this Steelers team. Right. This defense is seventy-five percent better than we expected. Le'Veon Bell going nuts. You, Martavis Bryant apparently is for real. What we saw at the end of last right. year wasn't a fluke. Ben Roethlisberger has put himself in the realm of, of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning of a couple of years ago. He is that good right now. There is nobody but the New England Patriots that can beat this Steelers team when Ben Roethlisberger's back. I just think Arrowhead is such a tough place to play. They've got such good pass rushers, and you have a defense in Kansas City that had a week to prepare for Landry Jones. I would not be shocked whatsoever if they just found a way because that's what they've done, and it's been so impressive. But I'm going to take the coward's way out. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home 27-18. Rams at home taking on your Cleve Brownies. You know, the Browns are surprisingly explosive on offense. And I think Gary Barnage has a lot to do with it. I think, I think Barnage has turned into a must-start. That being said, they're going to St. Louis. St. Louis still has a very good defense. And uh, I think Todd Gurley uh, is, like you said, the start of the week. I think St. Louis wins. And I think it's a close game. I, th- I think they're going – I'm going – St. Louis 21, Cleveland 19. Yeah, the Browns are just good enough to lose to everybody by less than a touchdown, which is a big step up for them, quite frankly. If Bob and Bob Lung's listening, that's a step in the right direction for your boys there in Cleveland. They are just good enough to not get blown out every week and to keep everyone close. I agree. I think Todd Gurley goes off. I got the Rams 29-21. My Miami Dolphins, Rick, you (laughs) heard it here on the slant last week, and if that's not a reason to listen, there isn't one. My Miami Dolphins at home taking on the Houston Texans. I like Miami at home. I like, uh, you know, now that the team is no longer philbanized, I think that they're (laughs) going to open up. And not quite as excited as you are about them, but – you know, I was a believer in Ryan Tannehill at the beginning of the year, and uh, they really just had the handcuffs on that offense. 
Lamar Miller's running pretty good. And, um, you know, I think Tannehill can get it done. I mean, look, they're at home against Houston as well. So I, I like Miami. I'm going Miami 31, Houston 20. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the hot hand here. I think they get it going. I think this is about Lamar Miller. I think it's an interesting game. Brian Hoyer, he can find DeAndre Hopkins, which is about the best thing you can say about him. He picks up, puts up numbers. You're in two quarterback leagues or you're real desperate for a quarterback. I know we get, he comes up a couple of times when we get to the mailbag here. Brian Hoyer's interesting, but he's also – he's big for a turnover and a bad turnover at a bad time. And I think that's going to be the difference here late in the game. I think it's a close, exciting game. I got Mike Dolphins 23-17. The Jinx at home taking on the Cowboys. The Matt Castle-led Cowboys, Rick. That, that should be exciting for you. Looks like Dez will not make it back this week despite all the the earlier reports. So, uh, I know. I don't – I think Matt Castle certainly is a much better option than Brandon Whedon. At least he can get it down the field. And, you know, Dallas, I think, is a more dangerous team with him in there than Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon has been abysmal. And, um, you know, Dallas going to the Giants, you don't know what you're getting with the Giants. I mean, they can – they look like gangbusters that opening drive last week against Philadelphia, and then they look like, you know, some Sandlot team. So, I don't know. Can they get off the schneid and beat the Giants at home? I'm still going Giants. I'm going Giants in a very close game, 28-27. I'm glad you didn't, Rick, set up that upset special of the week alert. I'm going to do it. Based only on this, I don't think they go over without Tony Romo. I didn't think they were going to do well. Remember all the national media told us, ah, they'll be fine. They'll play a game over 500. They'll get their two stars back, and they'll roll right into the playoffs. Never bought into that. I don't think they're going to go over. The Giants just seem like the kind of team that would lose this game. This is the kind of game that Jinx lose. So, somehow, by hook or by crook, I got the Cowboys 28-24, Sunday night football. Panthers, who really opened my eyes, I kind of had them as a counterfeit, undefeated team, go to Seattle. This ain't the Seattle team that's been to the back-to-back Super Bowl. That's still a tough, tough place to win. So they have opened my eyes at home taking on the Eagles. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, I'll tell you what, I really like Carolina's defense. But I'll tell you what, this is my upset special of the week. I'm going Philadelphia traveling to Carolina. And they upset the Carolina Panthers 27-24. to Yeah, I gave it a lot of thought, Rick. And and it's going to be close for me. Carolina, how long can this go on? I mean, I think this is still, in the best of circumstances, a four- or five-loss team. So I think they're going to have to start losing. I just can't trust the Eagles. I got lucky last week. I picked them just because these guys are always a coin flip. You don't know what the Eagles are going to show up. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to take the Panthers here 2016. But I'll be quite honest, I don't have the slightest idea how this game turns out. And Monday night football, Arizona Cardinals back home taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, we talked about this, you know, pretty extensively on the Fantasy Sports Network. I think Arizona, after racking up all those yards against Pittsburgh Steelers and coming away, yeah, with a double-digit loss, that's going to sting. And I think they're angry. They're at home. Baltimore's traveling across country. I think Arizona is on them and on them quick. And I'm going 35-16 Arizona. Yeah, I think the Cardinals, that's the big thing. They're mad. That's that's a game they never, never should have got away. That's a game they should have been up 20 at the half. 
the Ravens are a good team to get healthy on right now. It's hard to believe that a John Harbaugh-led team, and as much as we make fun of him, quite frankly, a Joe Flacco-led team can struggle this much and, and be the one and six. But I think it's going to happen. He has no weapons. That's the thing. He has no weapons on That's, the outside. Steve Smith, plug him in every lineup. Because being the only weapon they have, even against Peterson, I think Steve Smith is about – matchup proof just because being the only weapon they will find ways to get the balls in his the ball in his hands and he keeps making plays but outside of that i got the cardinals 37 33 i actually don't think it's going to be that close but somehow the ravens just find ways to only lose by six or less and so yeah. i'm going to give them that six somehow 37 33 so we are through the games we've got them on we're going to keep track of these reviews. i think we disagreed on about 75 percent of them which is great yeah scott if you're out there if you want to call in we'll hop into the mailbag anything going on in the chat room rick looks like the the bills scored uh no, okay manual throws a touchdown i think everybody is Woods. mesmerized by this shellacking that jacksonville's putting on yeah the they, this is defense. another reason i hate these 930 games is they they the one previously in the year it was a lot quieter in the chat right. room it just crushes our listenership because people are watching these debacles, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, we do have one in the chat room here. We have a uh, desperation running back required from David Johnson, Andre Ellington, subject from before, okay. or Jacandrick West. Hmm. To me, it's Ellington. Probably. I, I got, I got He's the best Ellington. player on that list. And I, yeah. I think it's going to be Nile Davis today against Pittsburgh Steelers. And quite frankly, they've been better against the run than we expected. You know, I don't I'm trust. Going to throw in, I'm going to throw in a question when Scott gets on. I'm going to throw a question to you guys. Oh, you're going to throw yes, one. Yes, I well, am. It looks like Scott is, but I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going to go Ellington. I don't feel great about it, but but with Ellington there, David Johnson, it, just his touches go down so far. And West, I'm going to have to wait and see, but I yeah. still think it's Nile Davis going forward. So let's hop on the line here. Mr. Scott Fish, the world's number one Buffalo Bills and EJ Manuel fan. How's it going this morning? Oh, you know me, loving on loving on EJ. Uh, I have a bone <laughs> to pick with you, Rex Flieger. On the, on the Wednesday show, on your Wednesday show, you called me out for getting upset or like being against you on Lamar Miller. I picked Lamar Miller every time. I said oh, did you? I, I, yeah, I, I said he was the only one I thought was safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't as excited about him as I am, so I got to pick a fight where I can find one. <laughs> so how was the uh, uh, how was the water park? No dysentery, I hope everything worked out all right. Uh, well, I've been sick for the last week, so. <laughs> okay, for all the listeners out there, you know, Scott Fish decided to take his family to Wisconsin in mid-October <laughs> to a water park, and now he's sick. Duh. <laughs> wow. That was just mean, Craig. Scott. Oh, Scott, I don't know what to do. Just get a sale for being a true true family man. Nothing will be mocked harder here on this show. It is Sir Chadwick Fish II. All right, Rick, what what is this question you wanted to pose? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pose a question to you two. And anybody that wants to call in or in the chat room, that's fine answer too. PPR, full point PPR. All right. I need a flex. Okay. Terrence West with um, uh, Matt Cowell starting. Or Nile Davis. 
You mean Terrence Williams or what I say? It was Terrence West. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I Terrence, Terrence I Williams. Terrence I'm sorry. West. I wasn't sorry. I'll tell you what. Let, let's let Scott answer that one. I'm going to have to mull it over a little bit. Uh, well, I hate Terrence Williams. I coming out, I thought he was a gazelle that fell down with a slight gust of wind. He just he can't break tackles, but. I think that Dallas Giants game could have a lot of scoring. I know that I, I I prey on that a lot. When I see a game that I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, I tend to lean towards that player and a tiebreaker. Um, I know that the Pittsburgh defense is, you know, all three of us could probably play for that defense this year. Um, I, I I'm going to lean I'm going to lean uh, Williams just because that uh, Chiefs offense looked. So anemic last week against the Vikings that uh, I, th- I think uh, I think I just am just sitting back and hope that Terrence Wayne gets a touchdown. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree. I think he's a safer bet. I think bringing in Matt Castle and you never think that would uh, turn the fortunes of an offense around. But I think he'll take some chances downfield, and that guy is going to be going to be Williams. That said, I think, and I'm curious what you what you guys think. Well, Rick's heard me say it a thousand times, so I guess I'm curious what you think, Scott. I think this is going to be Niles Davis' gig. We've seen him do it and do it well in the past. I don't know if the turnaround's today. I'm going to have to take a wait and see. Is Reed going to keep four speed and west? But I think long-term, Rick, you have a Niles Davis as having the right guy, and I think he could be a reasonable flex guy, if not even a low-end two through the bye weeks. Nile Davis, as bad as he was last week and as bad as that Kansas City offense was last week, I, I still feel – actually, I think West's awful performance last week in a bigger workload bodes well for anybody who spent less uh, free agent dollars on, on a Nile Davis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll go in, in for that. And, and to Scott's point, um, you know, the Steeler defense is – fifth in the NFL in points against. They certainly aren't fifth in yards against. And, right. I mean, they will do a lot of bending out there in that field. And that, that's what prompted the question. Because um, if it is now Davis, you know, getting the lion's share this this week, hey, you know, it's a possibility that, uh, you know, there's some yards out there to be had. Yeah, I I don't know. It, the problem with – my biggest problem is Andy Reid. He has shown – a complete right. lack of ability to to run a game and a game plan. Uh, the game clock, everything. We've seen games where Jamal Charles is the best player they have, and we've seen games where Charles gets like eight or ten carries. The the right. fact that like, Char, Char, yeah, Charkandrick West even exists puts Andy Reid in a frame of mind like, I don't know what to do. I'm, all, I'm a horrible game planner. Um, so right. it, it worries me that he'll he'll still keep trying to – switch them off and and Charkandrick West existing has screwed up both. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that probably just he seems to he looks more like Jamal Charles, I guess. He has a similar skill set, but he's not Jamal Charles. So before we hop into the mailbag we got one in the chat. Oh, all right, go ahead and then I'll get to get to my other Okay. PPR, Martavis Bryant or Rashard Matthews? I got Martavis Bryant, Bryant yeah, I think Bryant. Yeah, I, it's just not even close for me. I could be dead wrong, but I'm just all in on Bryant this week and his side of the Steelers quarterbacks. All right, get to your yeah, question. Are you going to let Scott answer it? Or what? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I know he already, oh, I'm sorry. He already typed in the chat room, Bryant. So, so we still let him answer. No, we yeah, don't. that one wasn't close for me. 
All right, so you're going to see a real theme. There's there's two players in, in the mailbag that come up continuously. One's Travis Benjamin. We'll handle those as they come in. But you being our Minnesota Vikings insider, you hanging out on those uh, those boat parties they have, from what I understand, you have a lot of knowledge of the Vikings. Stephon Diggs, fool's gold, or are you excited as everybody, every other fantasy owner, at least every listener of this show is? I, I tweeted about this earlier. I was excited in the preseason. I, in, in that uh, league where I have the Flieger Destroyer team, that best ball league, I even drafted Stefan Diggs because I was excited him after going to training camp and watching him. I was excited, excited for him in preseason. Uh, I think he's the real deal. Um, but that said, you got to temper your expectations with any wide receivers for the Vikings. Uh, especially when uh, when people start to hype them, because then they turn all Charles Johnson or Cordero Patterson, or they, they just seem to disappear. Um, I think Diggs is going to be the starter today. I, I think Charles Jan- Johnson will mix in, but uh, I, I'd, I'd have a little tempered expectations. But the truth is, I do I do feel Diggs is the real deal. I think I think he can be a legit fantasy flex player, wide receiver three, with occasional games in that wide receiver one two range. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, too. So, uh, I think Diggs is, is is the real deal. My question is, is just like Scott's, you know, you have Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, and you have Adrian Peterson. And that's, to me, is, is, a, is a real thing. He, he gets rolling, and the passing is basically an afterthought. And, um, you know, it could be to – Somebody else, like you said, Cordell Patterson, someone like Not that. Not Kyle Rudolph. All right, well, let's jump into the mail. <laughs> All right, we got him here, buddy. Who should I start this week, Kendall Wright or Vincent Jackson? Scott, go for it. Uh, I'm saying Vincent Jackson. I, I just like – I just – I don't know. I, I like that game better. Um, I like that uh, – I, I like the way that he's – he's really gotten more of a rapport with uh, Jameis Winston than Mike Evans has. And Mike Evans tends to be fluky. Washington is a, is a tough, tougher matchup than Atlanta is. And uh, Tennessee probably will be playing catch up. I just trust Vincent Jackson a little more. It, it pains me to say that I've never been a fan of Vincent Jackson, but um, I feel like this could be a game where uh, Tennessee Mettenberger throws some deep balls to uh, DGB or Justin Hunter instead of Kendall Wright. Yeah, if Marcus Mariota was the starter, I've gotten to the point where I, too, hate Vincent Jackson because it is 10 for a buck and a half or it is three. And, and that, that could be said for Mike Evans. That might be a James Winston issue at this point. But but this week, I, I just don't trust. They could just get trucked. The, the Falcons' defense, is, as poor as they are, seem to have a penchant for, for turning people over. And I think Metzelberger or whatever the hell his name is, is going to struggle here a little bit. So I'm going to go with B-Jax here. Hold my nose while I do it, but I'm going to go with B-Jax. Everything you guys said, you know, I agree with 100%. I'm, I'm going Vincent Jackson. Just more comfortable with him, and I like the matchup a little better. Okay, with Rodgers on a bye week, should I pick up Tannehill, Flacco, or Bortles? Well, we've already answered the question. It's a little late for Bortles for this show. Right. But, you know, in, in my answer, it was Ryan Tannehill. I, I like Tannehill this week. He was actually one of my starts of the week, you know, bye weeks and injuries. So, uh, to me, it's Ryan Tannehill in the second coming of Eric Coriel. 
had I uh, taken the time to answer this, I might have gone with Bortles, which appears to have gone the wrong wrong direction. But since I hadn't answered it, I get a do-over, and I, too, will go with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you, Flieger. I Had I answered it before the game started, I would have been it would have been a toss-up between Bortles and Tannehill for me, but uh, now it's a little easier. <laughs> Tannehill against Houston. All right, keep it simple. I like this. There you keep it coming like that. Okay, we have a defense question. Oh, we don't get many of those. Yeah, Miami defense against Houston. We're okay. talking about this game, or the Philly defense against Carolina. Mm. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my Dolphins. I'm going to keep rolling here. I think Houston racks up some yards on them. You worry about Hopkins. You worry about Foster. But Hoyer just loves to two or three times a game feel a little bit of pressure, and just fling the ball straight up in the air. And that bodes very, very well for a defense, uh, possibility to, for a touchdown. I, I think I'm going to go that way. You never quite know what you're going to get out of that Carolina offense. But I'm, I'm going to go grasp at a score here, grasp at a defensive score, and I'm going to go with my Dolphins, my new favorite team. Well, last week was the first week that Houston had not uh, thrown an interception. So I, I think they'll get back on that interception train this week. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah, to me, this was closer than what, uh, you know, it really should be. I, Philadelphia is kind of my upset special of the week against Carolina. And I, I think they're, to beat them, I think it's going to have to – they're going to have to get some defensive help. But th- that being said – I like Miami against Houston, and I think they're going to get the turnover. So I think it's close, but I'm going Miami. Okay, who should I start this week? Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, Fitz, uh, sorry, I'm going to go Bridgewater against the worst pass D in the NFL right now, the Lions. Uh, it is scary picking Bridgewater, especially after those first couple weeks and knowing this is an Adrian Peterson team, uh, but. Uh, that Jets-New England game, I think it's going to be a tight, uh, lower-scoring affair. Probably not uh, probably not super lower-scoring, but maybe like a, you know, a 24-20 at the most kind of game. Uh, I'd rather take Bridgewater. That, that Lions-Vikings matchup, if you look through their history, have often been in the 35, 32, 31 range. I'll tell you what, I'm going Fitzpatrick. I'll let you be the decider, Rick, because, I, you know, I'm with Rick, or I mean with Scott. I think this is going to be a close New England-New York game. But I'll tell you what, with, with the way Fitzpatrick's been exploiting some of these weapons and Ivory's been running, I think he's in line for one of these Ryan Fitzpatrick typical days, you know, 275 to 285 yards and, and a couple of touchdowns. So I, I think he's a, a safer play than Bridgewater. You can really get numbskull with Brock, with Bridgewater once in a while. So I'm going uh, Brian Fitzpatrick. I am going to put myself on Scott Fish Island here is, is what I'm going to do, Rick. I, I agree with you. I You nailed it, Scott. The, the very thing, at first blush, I thought Fitzpatrick, because anytime you think about a team going up against New England, you think about them chasing points third, late third and early fourth, fourth quarter. I don't think this is going to happen here. And it appears, Rick, for whatever reason, this game wasn't on the list that we picked. The Jets are going to lose this game, but I think they're going to keep it close. And this does have all the feeling of a 23-20, a 24-17 type of game. 
I, I think Bridgewater just has more opportunity. It's going to be tight, and I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go roll with Teddy Bridgewater up there in Minnesota this week, right, and what will so. probably be a shootout. So I'm on Scott Fish Island, and I'm that. on Ryan Fitzpatrick Island. So okay, let's head to the uh, chat room while we got a, a question here. PPR. All right. Rashard Matthews, Brandon Cooks, Travis Benjamin. Uh, I'm going Benjamin. Yeah, I got. Go I like Benjamin. what I see in this kid. I got to. I'm worried about him in PPR format. He seemed to have turned that around. You worry about that matchup against St. Louis, but they're just finding ways to get him the ball. I'm going to go Benjamin there. Rashard Matthews is intriguing. We get a lot of Matthews questions, but I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger there yet. Uh, I'm going to go Benjamin, but, man, this is close. I would love Brandon Cooks, but I'm worried he's going to get shadowed by Vontae Davis, who is, you know, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Um, I think that uh, I think that Saints Colts game could have a lot of points, but uh, so I wouldn't blame you for starting Cooks. I just I just be worried about that defensive matchup he's got. So uh, give me Benjamin, but I am not confident in it. All right, let's head on to and I was switching screens here. Okay, we have who should I start this week? Latavius Murray or Frank Gore? Oh, that is so tough. <laughs> I'm going to take Latavius Murray. That that San Diego defense is bad. They, they're just bad. They they can run with you. They they made Starks look like a superstar last week, although they, they made uh, injured Eddie Lacy look terrible. I'm just going to go Murray based on the matchup there. I like all my all my Raiders this week. Yeah, I'm I'm going Murray. I'm all in on Murray this this year. They're coming off a bye and. He hasn't been super exciting this year, but, you know, he still catches the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, Frank Gore, they just – that team, they just not – it's not the Frank Gore from San Francisco, let's put it that way. And I like it, Latavius Murray, you know, period, just almost every week. Yeah, uh, this is Latavius Murray and pretty easily for me – Every single running starting running back that has faced the Chargers has scored at least 12.5 fantasy points. Every single one. Amir Abdullah, Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Gio Bernard, uh, even James Starks last week, they all, Le'Veon Bell, all of them just, just torched the, the Chargers. So chalk it up to at least 12.5 points again for Latavius. I, I, I got to believe. All righty, that's unanimous. Here's one I got a feeling will probably be a little different here. We need a flex, All and right. it's a standard leg. Standard, all right. Theoretic, Shane Vereen, or Mr. Abdullah? Uh, this, this is theoretic for me. Vereen, it's so reliant on the PPR. I'm just done with Abdullah. I think we had that one question earlier in the show where, where we recommended actually dropping him. So th- this is Riddick. He seems to be – at least the, the most opportunities to touch the ball, and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm going to roll with Riddick here. Wow, that's that's rough in a non PPR because still Riddick gets a lot of his points in PPR as well. Um, however, if you remember a year or two ago, he scored. Uh, got, I think he scored two touchdowns against the Vikings. This same matchup, the Vikings are not very good against pass-catching running backs. Um, even though Riddick is not going to get points for the pass receptions in this game, uh, I think he might be able to make up some yards. Uh, I, I don't love Abdullah. Um, man, Vereen is – he's 
he's got a great matchup, but he's so PPR dependent. In some games, he's not even used. So right. give me Riddick. Riddick barely over Abdullah, I guess. All right. It's unanimous. We agree yet again, which is scary. So okay. get Marine in your life. <laughs> we have a PPR league, and we need three of these four receivers. Oh, so get let me your get pen my pen out. Uh, right here we go. Go ahead. PPR, remember. Amari Cooper. I'm OBJ, I guess, is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, of course. Stephon Diggs and Martavis Brown. I mean, I can't believe he's actually a question. Obviously, you're going to start Beckham. How many of these does he need? Three? He needs said? three out of four. I, I think you go Beckham, Diggs, and Bryant. That's mine. Go ahead, Scott. You're benching Amari Cooper? <laughs> if, if I have to with these other three, I think I will, yeah. I, I lo- I'm, I'm with Rick. I'm all in on Martavis Bryant. And I'm going to ride Diggs while he's hot. I mean, maybe I'll get burned today. But, I mean, like you said, Detroit defense is terrible. And I'm going to ride him while I can. Wow, man. Benching, benching Amari Cooper, man. Since you became a mogul, man, your balls have just gotten huge. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm going to start Cooper and OBJ, and I'm going to – I want to start Diggs, but I, I'm an upside guy. I think I'll probably roll with Bryant as the third guy. But, man, that's that's a rough decision. I feel bad this guy has to make that call. Yeah, th- th- this one's a tough one. I'm going to put myself on Scott Fish Island again. On this list, just uh, – the way OBJ's nicked up, you know, with that hamstring. Cooper's my number one on this list right now, going up against that San Diego defense. So, in order, I've got Cooper, OBJ. Comes down to Bryant and Diggs. There, there's question marks with both of those guys, but assuming the Steelers aren't going to get shut out today, Bryant's going to be the goal line target. So, I'm going to go Bryant three, and, and Diggs gets left out there. It's hard to sit Diggs down, especially against this Detroit defense. Yeah, but for yeah. me, Cooper's Cooper's the number one guy on this list with with Beckham being being banged up a little bit. It is, and and for argument's sake, to help this guy out, I I I will switch. I'm going to start Cooper over Diggs. I mean, Howard. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I mean, it is Amari Cooper. I mean, it's not like you know, it, it's not like it's Stephon Diggs and, and Golden Tate or something right. like that. I mean, yeah, it is Amari Cooper. So, yeah, they just shrunk up a little bit, Scott. I think I will capitulate here and, and help this guy out. Let's get you mad. It is Amari Cooper. And um, Diggs is a tough sit, but, you know, I'll do that too. So, okay. Roger's I, on a bye. Now I'm going to root for Amari Cooper to have a bad game just so, just so it looks worse <laughs> than you switch. That's right. You took the yeah, cowards away. Well, because it's, listener, it's listeners first. All right? So, I mean, we get this guy all – because obviously he'll listen to me. Oh, God. Uh, and so I, I'm just going to try to help this guy. It's always listeners first. I have Rodgers on a bye. Should I start Hoyer or Fitzpatrick? Here we go, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Boy, you get a lot of these guys. I like Hoyer. He's flinging the ball around a little bit. Fitzpatrick, all the reasons we talked about before, I think Fitzpatrick has a fine day that, that – uh, Patriots defense certainly isn't the 85 Bears, but Hoyer's just willing to fling it around. He's willing to take chances. And with a guy, guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Arian Foster in the passing game, I think it, a lot of fake yardage there. And so for that, for that reason, I like Brian Hoyer here. Wow. Well, this one, this one's really, really, uh, really tough. Uh, I 
think I'm also going to lean Hoyer, but dang, this could go either way. You might as well flip a coin. It's so close for me. Uh, the Patriots have a worse pass defense. They allow more points to fantasy quarterbacks than than the uh, Dolphins do. Uh, but like I've said before, I already feel like that's going to be a lower scoring, lower scoring close game. So give me Hoyer. Let's hope he hooks up with DeAndre Hopkins for five touchdowns. Yeah, listener, Schmissner, I'm going to stick with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's like him because he's old and has a great beard. So no. it kind of looks like you. No, it, it's – I just think he's a safer play. When you have a guy like, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers on a bye, I mean, you, you rely on quite a few points from your quarterback situation. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is – he's a pretty safe play. And, um, you know, I, I just think with his weapons, and I, I don't think it's going to be quite as low scoring as everybody's saying uh, against New England. Like like Scott's point, they've given up a, a lot of uh, fantasy points. And um, I'm going to pull something up real no, quick here. Yeah, you just got real distracted. Yeah, I did. And I'm going to – I'm going to make a point. <laughs> well, you should have had your point ready ahead of time. I can't it's be called always show preparation. You want me to sing a song? It's my computer. All I can't right, help well, it. Well, let's move on. I'll tell you what, Rick. We will, we will jump ahead. I will ask the next question. We'll get back to your point in an hour and a half when you get there. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh. This is the point that I'm trying to make. Go ahead, Scott. I, I have some breaking news. I have, a, I have a friend of mine that just sent me some You have friends. Questions. Yes, he's the same guy that uh, took pictures of you on your ranch there, Briggs. Just, <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what, you, you let him know that I have a sniper now. <laughs> he just sent me a photo of Rick Briggs filming a buddy cop pilot for NBC called The Mustache and the Beard with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait to see that. I, to have him send that our way, that is fantastic. But anyway, right, getting your back to the point, point of with your old crusty quarterback. You're guaranteed. I mean, you're going to get your, your your 20 points, your low 20s with this guy. You're going to get your 280 yards and a touchdown or two. You may get a pick. I understand that. But you need some solid points. Hoyer, he may – you don't know what's going to happen with Miami. It, it could be a whitewash like last week. And, you know, I, I know with Houston, you've got the Andre Hopkins. You've got a lot of weapons. Still going Fitzpatrick. The workman's – Workman's like performance every week. Yeah, I'm going to take the high yeah. side here. Fitzpatrick's way safer. I, you can almost lock in 16 to 21 points with 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 uh, Fitzpatrick. I, I will give you that. You're not going to Hoyer. The last what couple of weeks has had 27, 25. You're not going to get that from uh, Fitzpatrick. But Fitzpatrick is your clear safe 16 to 21 points. Uh, definitely. Hey. And he had 28 last week, you're, so you're just never know. Rusty old safe pick. All right, Rick, let's move on. We're running out of time. What, or who should I start this week? Well, yeah, Deion Lewis is out, so obviously it's Chris Johnson. Right. I apologize there. Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan? Okay, Mr. Stafford, apologist. All right. To me, it's not even close. Matt no. Ryan, easily. Now, you tell me why I should believe in your crusty old has been, never was, Matt Stafford, who is nothing but average other than one year. I'm taking Matt Stafford, Rick, and I mean it. And this isn't just shtick for the show. For everything Scott has said that these Lion-Vikings games are played in the 30s, they're not going to get there running the ball. He's going to be playing around. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to have a couple of bad turnovers. 
love Matt Ryan this week, but I, I see a scenario where they're up 21, 24 at the half, and they're grinding the ball out, and Devontae Freeman just goes absolutely nuts. Go ahead and spend the big money on him on, him on FanDuel this week. I'm going with Matt Stafford because I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be played in the 30s, and I think he has 300 yards, 325 yards plus, and multiple touchdowns. I'm taking my boy Matt Stafford once again. I'm shoving all in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is really, really weird. But, man, it's like I, I just can't agree with Briggs today. I'm, a, I'm with Flieger. Uh, Matt, I, I yeah. generally would pick Matt Ryan most of the time. But like I've said before, and like Flieger just mentioned, these are usually higher-scoring games. I don't remember the last time a Lions-Vikings game had under 40 total points. Uh, I'm sure it's happened more recently than I would think, but uh, it has. In week two when the Vikings played the Lions, Matt Stafford had about 24, 25 fantasy points. And this time they're at home, and the Lions seem to be rolling a little better than they were earlier in the season. So it's conceivable he could have even a better game than that. All right, Rick, okay. have your hissy fit. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, Ryan, they are, let's move on. We have about no, five minutes left. I got as many minutes as I want to take. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Stafford, yeah, they're rolling a little better than they were because they played Chicago last week. Week before, he had 4.72 fantasy points. Week before that, 8.12. <laughs> week before that, 9.58. So all you guys out there listen to Fish and Flieger, good luck, pal. I'm thinking Matt Ryan. Oh, I am all over Scott Fish Island this week. I love it, Rick. Let's jump in. I'll take a look. I'm going to read one. I like this one. We'll start with you, Scott. Travis Benjamin or Stephon Diggs? I told you these two keep coming up. Now they're going head-to-head. Wow. Well, this time, oh, man. Man, you're making it tough on me here. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the Browns play. For some reason, it's just blanking off the top of my head. The Rams, right? St. Louis, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Give me Diggs. What the hell? Shoot for the moon. <laughs> Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I'm going to agree on this. I like Benjamin just based on the matchup for everything we said. God, Scott, we better hope this uh, this uh, Detroit-Minnesota game is played in the, in the 30s. But I think Diggs is a higher upside there. He's just got a better matchup. I, I think they're very similar players. I'm going to roll the bones here a little bit. I'm going to take the risk, and I'm going to agree with you again, and I'm going to take Diggs. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Diggs. Oh, look at that. I, I have to. I mean, look, look, Woo. Benjamin's going against St. Louis, and, you know, Diggs going against Detroit. I think the upside's there with Diggs. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I really love Benjamin. I hate to sit this guy, but uh, I just think the matchup's so much better for Diggs. All right, Rick, I, I, you know, we, you keep pushing me for time, and, and you're sitting there watching football. Okay. Who should I start this week? Steve Smith or Travis Benjamin? Sorry, a lot of Travis Benjamin. This one's Steve Smith for me. It's not even close. Same here. Yep, not close for me. Steve Smith. Now, okay. this next one, Rick, this one yeah. intrigues me. Go ahead. Okay. And, Scott, I know you don't have a copy of these, so I'm going to give the first guy first, you know, or the second guy first. Dante Moncrief, which is a reasonable question, or Antonio Brown. You know <laughs> – you know, they, they did mention how Antonio Brown was all over Landry once uh, Landry got in last week to uh, get him the ball. Um, it, it feels like you should go Moncrief until Antonio Brown and uh, Ben Roethlisberger are reunited. Uh, and playing in Kansas City is generally really, really tough. 
Um, wow. This should not be a tough question. It really should. Exactly. <laughs> but but it is right now. I I think I would probably go with Antonio Brown because I would kick myself if I sat him and then he blew up. Uh, Scott, I, I have to just sit back and really ask myself truly, do I have the nads to pull Antonio Brown? The answer is no. And I, to me, I mean, it's not even close because it, there's, I'm just not going to pull him out of the lineup. Yeah, uh, the clear answer here is Moncrief. But uh, keeping with the theme of the show, I don't have the stones to do it. <laughs> I just I don't. <laughs> the clear answer is Moncrief. I, I'm going to buy into the the squeaky wheel gets the grease theory, the ability of him, of, Land, of Landry Jones, to at least make attempts at Antonio Brown, which is what he was lacking with Mike Vick. It, it wasn't like Mike Vick was missing. He wasn't even looking that way. Right. The clear, safe, smart play here is Moncrief, but but right what you said, Scott, exactly. It, I'm not going to be able to live with myself for the next seven days if I sit Antonio Brown down and he has an Antonio Brown type of day. So you got to go Brown here, but with the caveat that Moncrief is the right answer here. All right, Rick, last question, and we're going to start uh, working our way out of here. Okay, well, you know, I think so – um, good one. I am. We got Rivers at quarterback. Would you trade Matt Ryan and Mike Evans for Des Bryant? Oh, oh. So I got Rivers starting. I got Matt Ryan. And, and who was the other guy? Mike, Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Would you trade him for Des Bryant? Yeah, I would. I'd do it. Yeah, I'm going to say that I would kind of fish a little bit. No, pun, no pen and tundit. No pen and tundit. No pen and tundit. Okay. I don't know what this shit there is. There we go. Um, no. I would go for a little bit more. Look, Des Bryant's out. Tony Romo's on IR. If I would answer the question outright, I would probably say yeah. But before I say that, I would ask for something else along with Des Bryant. You're getting an inactive player, and when he does come back, you're not going to have Tony Romo thrown to him. So I would ask for a little bit more, like maybe a backup running back or another receiver, something like that, you know, to supplement your lineup as you are giving up, you know, a Mike Evans. So maybe, you know, I think the answer is yes. But I think before I jump on that, I'd ask for a little bit more. All right. Well, there we go. So I think we're kind of unanimous there. Never hurts to ask for a little bit more. Mr. Scott Fish, we appreciate you coming in and just taking the vicious beatings and tongue lashings for Rick Briggs. I think he's he's getting a little territorial here. Uh, How's the bull rush going? It's going well. I've missed a few episodes. It's it's tough to get me on during the week, but uh, Ty and Frank are killing it. Um, Can't wait to get back on with those boys. It is is a fun show. We're glad to be on your network. uh, thanks for that, by the way. It's it's pretty awesome. Nice little family you've put together. Yeah, having a great time with it. All right, why don't you uh, take a chance to put out the Twitter, and uh, we'll, we'll let you go uh, head to the water park or whatever it is you're doing today. Oh, we're doing trick-or-treating with uh, the in-laws and uh, with all the little kids and stuff tonight. Uh, oh, knowing, um, you're, knowing you guys, it's probably T-shirt trick-or-treating or something. It's probably 20 degrees up there. <laughs> we, go with uh, we, we don't put coats on up here. We just walk around T-shirts even get pneumonia. There are hearty people in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Minnesota, we, 
it gets really cold, but we like to pretend we can take it. So you like to build a fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, the Twitter is at scottfish24. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, hopefully, I'm a little more a little healthier for next week. Uh, uh, maybe that maybe that's the problem this week. The the cold was clouding my judgment. I should have been agreeing with Briggs all day. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. You get sick and all of a sudden Rick Flinger starts making sense. I think, yeah. I think that's uh, perfect. He's perfectly perfect. <laughs> all right, Scott. We appreciate it, man. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Later, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. <clears throat> all right. Well, that is it. I've got to head to Pittsburgh. Not going to be watching any football today, Rick. I will be uh, hanging out with the uh, Pitt basketball squad this week of 2016. Very excited about that. I'm very happy to report that P.J. Yeldon right now is 103 rushing wow. yards with a touchdown. So, all you guys, if you have P.J. Yeldon owners, yeah, he's having a pretty good day. Yeah. Well, he just uh, got eight receiving yards of his PPR. You're up over oh, 20 points. He's even looking better now. So, very impressive there. As I, I hit the wrong outro, Rick, is why I'm padding. That's okay. We're all right. This one. But thanks for everybody there for being here. Uh, the chat room, the callers, and Scott Fish, of course. You know, thanks for joining us, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, nice to have uh, back in studio in the attic, whatever it takes. Get us in, get us in the same studio, the new mobile studio here at the Rick Briggs Empire. So we appreciate everybody listening. Good <laughs> luck. If you got questions up until kickoff at Asylum Football, asylumfootball at gmail dot com. We'll answer everything we can right up until one o'clock. Otherwise, we'll be back Wednesday in studio. I believe we'll have Mr. Briggs, one studio or the other. We'll pull that all together. All right. Fantasy Sports Network, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, replayed at 9. FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, and a lot of other outlets across the East Coast and Canada. So check that out. Otherwise, until next week, we'll see you. Take care. <clears throat>